In this episode of Speaking of Stories, Abigail Tartellan, an English novelist who recently released her book Golden Boy in Swedish. Coming out now, riding on the back of some of the discussion about trans issues, there hasn't really been any discussion about intersex issues, or not so much in any case. Talks to Elin Lukasi, Swedish cartoonist, known for her feminist artwork. Always when you see a dictatorship starting to rise, the first thing you do, you always go after the authors and the artists. There is a reason, because you know that the power is in art. You're listening to Speaking of Stories. My name is Abigail Tartellen. And my name is Elin Lukasi. Chapter 1. Toasting the Success of Menstrual Cups. Welcome to Sweden. What brings you here? Um, I've come with my um, publisher, Bonnier. We share the same publisher. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And um, I'm doing a little tour, uh, meeting some teachers. So I met with Ad Libris and then I met some readers yesterday at um, a library, which I can barely pronounce the name of, but it's something yeah. like Die Selvöksstaden. It was very good. Okay, cool. <laughs> so that was awesome. Really and you're here it. promoting your book? Yeah, um, my book Golden Boy, um, mm-hmm. which has an intersex protagonist and uh, it's super feminist book about um, gender and kind of shaking gender up a bit and making people ask questions and, and discuss things. But it's really about a golden boy um, who is very, very sweet and gets to the age of 16 and has to kind of make some decisions about whether he's going to be male or female because he's at, in fact neither. So. Yeah, and what, I read the book. Yeah. I think we will talk about it more later. Um, I understand that you love traveling. Uh, do you still have time for that? Well, obviously you have been traveling here. <laughs> yeah. But where, is, where do you prefer going when you're not um, forced by work, so to speak? Uh, actually, my next stop is Cuba. So oh. I'm very I'm very much looking forward to that. I've been a little bit scared of flying for the past few years, but you I just have. have to push through it because I really want to um, see a lot of the world while yeah. I'm in it and have my eyes open. So um, Sweden's been very interesting and... Um, the only thing I missed is last time I came here, I went swimming in the archipelago and it was cold then, but it's, you know, <laughs> it wasn't really cold now. It was late September. Okay. Yeah, my friend thought I was crazy, but she's French, so she doesn't do any physical activity whatsoever. So she was <laughs> going to think I was crazy. Um, but yeah, Cuba in April. Okay, so sounds lovely. Exciting. Never been there. What are yeah. you going to do? Me neither. Do you have I'm, plans? Uh, not really. Learn the language, explore, explore some of the history. Um, I am always kind of interested in women's organisations and what they're doing out there. So I'm going to go reach around and um, try and nose my way into a couple of them and see how they work. Um, I I make this um, feminist zine called I Hope You Like Feminist Rants. So I'm going to try and find some people who might tell me their stories mm-hmm. and maybe record them. It's going to be really fun. You also have a band. Could you tell me about your band? Yes. Girl Boy. <laughs> Sitting name. 
Yeah, uh, we it took ages to come up with, and I don't think it's a very good one. But um, it's a feminist concept band, and it's very like our, all our songs are a bit tongue in cheek. So the first one's called Jennifer Lawrence, and it's about how much we love Jennifer Lawrence and how uh, she's very laid back, and she'll say like, "Oh, I really want a steak right now," or "These pants are too tight," and she'll sit in interviews and complain about her underwear. And um, we really like that she's just herself, and that people love her for that reason and then the second one's called girls won't mind our second single and video and it's about um it's kind of a uh the song's a guy narrating and he's saying um about a girl who left him because he sort of wasn't brought up to have those kind of emotional relationships or be able to understand how she's feeling and um and then at the in the end of the song he just gets angry and violent about it anyway and so it's sort of a you know um yeah, it's very stereotypical, um, um, but it's a it's a sad song in a way because he's I- incapable. And then I play him in the video. Okay. So, <laughs> what do you I, play in the band? Um, I do the singing and the melody and make up the crazy video ideas and direct them. <laughs> so it's really fun. So, um, Ellen, you're an illustrator, writer and cartoonist. Yeah. What sort of cartoons do you draw and what are they about? Well, uh, I draw... Two types of cartoons, I think. I have uh, one cartoon that I do once a week for a, a, a newspaper in Sweden. And they are mostly political satire. And uh, as I can, as I do them uh, every week, I can be very up to date. I, can, I usually do them just the night before they are published the next morning. So you can be really, really up to date. And then I do uh, cartoons, for example, for my books. And they are, are uh, well, feminist, of course, uh, norm critical. They're about uh, living as a female, mainly uh, the struggles, <laughs> the, um, well, society and the big questions about what you can be, what you're al- allowed to be, and what happens if you're not following the standards and so on the cartoons on uh, in the books are a little bit different because if you do political satire it's very hard to make them into books because something that happens today next year you won't remember the thing that that politician said or yes you know. I read um, an interview with you I think it was on your website possibly and mm-hmm. it said that your first book is about um not apologizing for taking up space in the world. And yeah. I really liked that theme. And it's called <laughs> I'm gonna pronounce this so wrong. Yeah. Jog or den som or den. Yeah. Something like that. Jog er den som Jog. er den. Yeah, it's like a, a, a play a play with words. We have a saying in Sweden that is Jag er inte den som er den. It's like a saying when you you want to say something, but you start with well, I don't want to be the one who, and then you do it anyways. It's like you have this excuse first and you just try to make it smaller than it is. Yes, in English we say, I don't want to offend anybody, but. But, and then you offend <laughs> everybody. Yeah. yeah, kind of the same thing. And I wanted to, this is like a therapeutic thing. Almost all of my drawings and cartoons are like therapy to me. I work a lot with things that are, that make me angry or sad or confused or something and then I draw about them to understand them or to be able to 
get past it or something. And this is a way for me to, as we were talking about before we went to the studio, I said that a person at the uh, at the Bonnier asked me to, do you want to be in a podcast? And like five years ago, I would have definitely said, uh, I don't know, I want, will inte vara den som är den. I don't want to take the place. I don't want to, you know. But now I'm more like, yeah, of course. Sure, I can. A few weeks later, I understood that, okay, it's going to be in English. And that would have scared me as as well. But now I was like, well, just do it. And as, as I told you, Carl Bildt can speak English. Then uh, I can too. So We're going to yeah. do the second half of the podcast with me speaking Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make it more even. Not really. Yeah. I would just say forlåt and bra over and over again. <laughs> That's um, all you need. So you're one of the writers in the anthology Women Only Draw Cartoons About Menstruation. Yeah. What did you write about? Well, <laughs> I I think I have the one of the cartoons in this book, actually, that we have on the table before us. I drew two comics. One of them were of a more the things that I think you should know when you are going to have your first period that you don't read in books. Uh, how to make your own sanitary pad with the things you can find at a public restroom and how you always get a bad stomach when you get your on your period. And the other one is... Do you want me to s- describe it? Yeah, Okay. <laughs> it's uh, The other one is a picture of two people in a bed, a man and a woman. And the woman says, honey, I think uh, it's time for my period right about now. And he says, oh, how come you're saying that? And the thing is that he has uh, blood around his mouth. <laughs> and they have been and she has the, you know. Bed hair. Fuck hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As we say in Swedish. Oh, so what a great saying. Yeah. How do you say that in Swedish? <laughs> Knudelfrisur. Cool, I'm Knudel. taking that home. Knudelfrisur. We'll, like we will, we'll uh, work on the practice on that. Yeah. I understand that there's been something of a menstruation revolution in Sweden for the past couple of years. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, I don't know. People say that there has been, or maybe, I don't know, menstruation revolution. Well, maybe. It started with... Uh, couple of people incorporating menstruation in their art one way or another. And then we have had this uh, cartoon book with our drawings. And then a famous blogger, I think it is, quite young, who has been... She wrote a book only about menstruation uh, with young women in mind, I think. And... It's not that much, really, but it was several places at the same time and a new topic that hadn't been talked about, maybe. Yeah. And then you kind of feel it like it's everywhere. There's a petition in England at the moment, um, and I don't actually know where it's got to, but mm-hmm. it's about tampon tax and there yeah. being a tax on tampons a special tax uh well it's a tax in england it's called a luxury goods tax and oh, the argument is that this. it's not a luxury to damn the flow of blood no. coming from you <laughs> no um and so there's been a lot of people blogging and making jokes like oh i thought i'd run myself a bath light a candle <laughs> stuff a tampon up myself oh i'm gonna have such a nice evening and you know, uh, getting out their chocolates and yeah. tampons, that kind of thing. Um, so they're asking the government to take the tax off. 
Because so is it a tax that has always been there, or is it? It's um, nothing new. I don't. It's not new. No, no. it's been more there for a long time. Yeah, more that you have been starting to talk about it. Yeah, and I think Luxury it's that there tax, isn't really. a tax on, you know, certain things that also are necessary, like types of food, and hmm. I'm not sure the what the situation is with condoms, but it's interesting. I yeah, I hope very they interesting. And that everyone will start using menstrual cups instead. So. And then toast the success of menstrual cups (laughs) using the cup. Yeah. Chapter two. Are there more feminists in Sweden? Uh, We were talking about your book a little bit earlier. Golden Boy was published in 2013. It's now available in Swedish, also called Golden Boy. And Judet av något som spricker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the book has been described by Oprah's book club as a dazzling debut. Why do you think it has received so much attention, aside from being a great book? Um, I, I mean, I think it's a good time for the book, particularly in Sweden. Um, yeah. When it came out in the States and the UK, it was 2013. And I think it was very early for that kind of book. We weren't really talking about trans issues in the way we're talking about them now. But as well, we didn't have this kind of new wave of feminism that we're seeing, particularly amongst bloggers. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think that coming out now, um, you know, riding on the back of some of the discussion about trans issues, there hasn't really been any discussion about intersex issues or not so much in any case. And I think, you know, there there are several reasons for that. I think one is shame because it's not mm-hmm. a popular topic. It's not in the zeitgeist. There isn't a movement of intersex people. So you can't, um, you feel like you're putting your head above the parapet Um, if you are an intersex person and you want to talk about um, your rights or be an activist. But I think it's an interesting discussion that needs to be had and should be sort of shouted about louder because um, when intersex is talked about, it's often wrapped up in trans issues. And in ways, intersex and trans people require some of the opposite um, in terms of activism a big part of trans activism is talking about access to surgeries, whereas intersex activists, an enormous part of intersex activism is um, fighting against cosmetic genital surgery, particularly on children. Mm. But I think in general, you know, doctors suggesting that um, people would be happier if they looked like a typical man or woman in terms of their genitalia or their breasts. And it's suggesting that people should take hormones. And, um, I am a big believer in that we should change society to fit us and not that we should change our bodies to fit society, mm-hmm. particularly when um, the surgeries often lead to loss of feeling and fertility. And, and you know, when it happens in children, they can grow up and say, no, I feel like I want to be a girl, even though you've brought me up as a boy, um, because the doctor suggested that I should have been brought up as a boy. And now I feel like a girl and I want to have children. And um, there are some people who could have been fertile when they were younger and uh, been able to carry children and that won't be able to now. So there's so much that needs to be unpacked and discussed. And it's I think it's just the start of this topic um, being discussed in the media, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, were you familiar with intersex before you started writing about it? I'd actually, a few years before I started writing Golden Boy, I'd seen a film called XXY. It's an Argentinian film. It's really good. Um, And it's about an intersex teenager. Um, But it was very much 
a, a film about um, the father and the mother taking the intersex teenager to live on the periphery of society in this mm. um, seaside town very far away from anywhere and in an isolated cottage. And I really wanted to take a character and put it in the middle of bustling human life and family life and a community and a school so that the reader can think, oh, well, if this was my son what would I do? Or if this was my high school crush, what would I do? If this was my brother, you know, what would I do? Mm. Do you think literature and art can change society structure and people's values? I really think they can, actually. I don't think that they always do. And uh, I don't think that it's always uh, a very fast or uh, process, but I really think they can. I think there is always when you see a uh, dictatorship starting to rise. The first thing you do, you always go after the authors and the artists and the musicians. That's so true. Yeah. That's and very because, topical right now. Yeah, very topical right now. <laughs> and there is a reason because you know that the power is in art. It really is. Because art can move people. It can get to their hearts and souls and really change you. And they, it can give you power and uh, the feeling of community and the feeling of that you can change things. So, of course, it can. And I think the bad people of the world are absolutely right to fear <laughs> art, actually, because it can change the world. God, that makes me feel so uh, important. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we're knights in armor yeah. and we're champions. And it's I think very exciting. That, that's a, a good feeling. I think you should think about that more because, of course, you have the power. When you write books, of course, you have power. And you have a responsibility to really think about what you're writing. And uh, it's an opportunity to do something. And uh, you don't have to change the world. You can change, you can always, it's just as important just to be funny or to make people laugh or to make people think and but you, you, of course you have some power do you think there is a there's a big difference between the way Swedish Swedish literature and art deal with topics such as feminism gender and norms compared to other countries um I've been thinking about that since I've been here actually are you guys more open-minded and progressive than other people maybe you should <laughs> you <laughs> should judge. answer that I don't know it's funny because in uh, a couple of weeks, me and another female cartoonist are actually going to meet with two Danish comedians, two gentlemen who are in Sweden, and they have this exact question with them because they have, they are here in Sweden to like examine their prejudice towards us, and they think that. Everyone in Sweden is so feminist and so politically correct. So I don't know. Maybe we are. And you said that you had been thinking about it since. Yeah, I the being, reputation of Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> but is it true? I don't know. I, well, for me, I've always thought about it as if you're going to give an example of a progressive country, mm-hmm. it's Sweden. You know, you have separation of church from state. Yeah, you have um, a. A government that you trust well, we, reasonably in a tax uh, system that people and they seem call okay themselves with. yeah they call themselves a feminist government but I don't know yeah. I think that we are we are very good to uh, we're we're talking about it a lot and of course we are progressive but we always want more and we want to be more feminist I think that that's so right though I think that I really don't like this um, word privilege that gets thrown around in some feminist discussions because Mm -hmm. I feel like there are 
Um, it's right that some people should be um, looking at women in, develop in the developing world and working on, you know, changing the horrendously misogynist environments that some of them uh, live in. But I also think it's correct that there should be people who are at the very is vanguard, the completely the wrong word, but at the very front of, um, you know, progressiveness and pushing forward and saying, but what what are we actually looking at in terms of, yeah, of what we want for the future and mm -hmm. our future feminist utopia? Like, what would we like? As a feminist, you are always questioned. And a common thing is that people come up to you and say, well, okay, so why are we talking about intersex when we should be talk talking about uh, women in Syria? Yeah. Or, as you said, really, really, really bad things. Couldn't you just uh, see your privilege and settle down? And of course, no, of course we shouldn't. We, and, and we can work, work with uh, several things at the same time, of course. You can work with both. And uh, one. I'd like to think that everybody, you know, um, women in, in bad situations would want the the best for everybody yeah. you know they want out of their situations and they want the world to um progress further than it is in terms of you know um fair pay representation in parliament um and all mm -hmm. the things that we of the the privileged are sometimes working towards i i think that's actually those are common goals and um lots of there's a spread of people working on a spread of issues chapter three girl power uh, so you have a new book coming up, Dead Girls. Tell us more about it. Um, I'm really, I've just finished the edit, so I'm very excited about it at the moment. There's a, It's about a little girl called Thera. She's 11 years old and her best friend goes missing. And um, Thera is alive and 11 at the time of the late 90s. So it's a time of Spice Girls and girl power mm -hmm. and uh, putting on your backpack and putting in your Rice Krispie Square and going off to find your missing best friend. Um, so she tramps across the fields and um, she knows she can do it because she knows Billy more than anyone. And um, unfortunately, she finds her dead in a wood. And um, she's... Thea is very resourceful, determined and intelligent and um, she's also very self-controlled and she tries to kind of control her fear and understands what's happened here. But because she's so young, she doesn't really and she's very sheltered. And uh, as adults, we might understand that what's happened is, you know, a girl found dead in the woods. She's very pretty. She's 11. Um, there's been a paedophile and um, he's killed her. But Thea doesn't know that. And so she decides that she must find out who this killer could be and why they must have killed Billy and then avenge her death because that's what a good friend would do. Mm. And um, she's spurred on by several ghosts of dead girls and um, they may or may not be real. It's kind of up to the reader to decide. But it's sort of a homage to um, all those little girls that go missing and, and never get found and... Um, I, you know, look, was reading about some of their stories and thinking that I wanted to make this little victor for them. So um, she, you know, kind of turns around from the grave of her friend and then goes and hunts down this killer. But um, it's kind of as dark as it is. It's also quite funny because she's um, a lively 
young person and yeah. but also very mistaken in who she thinks might be the killer and so um but it's very dangerous for her because she is she's clever and she gets quite close and you think oh god what's going to happen will this also be a young adults book um i would probably think in sweden it will be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. i'm not sure if everyone's ready for it yet but uh, okay yeah yeah it will probably be how do you think the future look in regards to dealing with these topics um i'm optimistic because i'm an optimistic person and also because i feel that since i was a teenager there's been a big feminist movement i'm 29 now and i think in the last 10 years things have really changed in terms of what we're discussing but i think it's very important that what we're discussing translates into law and i don't think we can be complacent and say oh great everyone's so accepting and tolerant now because obviously we see we're seeing across europe and in america and uh this kind of right-wing populist movement and um we're going to have to you know keep working and and also not just be activists but um be legislators and and get the kind of um things like in terms of golden boy um the UK banned uh cosmetic genital surgery on children in the late 90s uh, but it's not illegal in Sweden it's not legal in America um so in terms of intersex activism that's something that um must change mm. and uh i think we've got to push forward but also protect the rights that we do have always uh what else is on your agenda for 2017 um uh, my holiday yeah Cuba. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and then kind of um deciding yeah and a lot of rum i think <laughs> Um, then deciding what what the next book is to write. I have several things I've been playing on, and um, I've been making you know music videos for the band and things. And I um, am really interested in exploring some, possibly not formal filmmaking, but more like video making, doing something kind of fun with that. So um, that's what I'm looking forward to. How about you? Uh, well, I have a new book coming out this now in April, April tenth. What's I it think? called? Well, it's called uh, Synd in Swedish. It's like, uh, again, uh, a play with words. Uh, Synd is both sin and such a shame if you don't do this. It would be a shame. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) So (laughs) the whole book is um, about just, the framework is the seven deadly sins. And then I have uh, been, well, the cartoons are... As always, feminists and um, norm critic, but the the frame is the seven deadly sins, and I I started thinking about the sins and that the fact that they almost all of them have uh, they have two sides, a good and a bad one. If you take gluttony, for example, it is uh, historically have been it's a big deal, especially if you're a, a woman, not to eat too much or to um be like passionate about food and like uh, when you were talking about the uh, slipping down the bathtub with <laughs> chocolates and stuff you do it in secret and all of that but so I'm, I'm um, drawing cartoons uh, exploring the bad sides and the good sides of stuff because most of the sins can be a good thing to do actually if you think about it so the book is about getting older and uh, 
maybe celebrating that and maybe your life isn't over just because you didn't go to art school when you were 20 and uh, you can have a big party celebrating the menopause. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, that one is coming up soon. And I will continue to do the political satire as a therapy. <laughs> and and I will have the inspiration as the world looks so. <laughs> and do you uh, do you think more artists like yourself will start dealing with topics such as gender issues moving forward into 2017 probably. and beyond? Yeah, probably. Uh, and especially the young people. I, I think it was uh, interesting that you, your new book is, as you said, around the girl power era was there a thought about did you have yeah because, because that must have been I like your first feminist thing in your life or? yeah sure and I was 11 at the time so yeah. I'm I'm kind of the same age as Thera and I actually the the consideration was that I'm not I've never been 11 and had a mobile phone no. or had social media um, or been bombarded with the knowledge of the outside world. So when we were 11, it was very much like you had to find out things for yourself. And so that works a little bit more for the story and it works for me as a writer. But it, it it's not like I chose that time period because it plays into the story, but very much in my life, I think Girl Power and the Spice Girls and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I really got into, they made who I am yeah. and they're a big part of that and I would have done what Thera does because yeah. I had a best friend and I, and know. the thing is I'm 10 years older than you are so I didn't I, I, well I really didn't have the internet or mobile phones but I didn't even have uh, girl power actually I was a little bit older when that came so but that is I think that the young people nowadays are they are so I, I so admire young people today I can't stand old people saying like the youth of today. I can't because the, they are the greatest. They are so smart and thoughtful and uh, educated and they're, ve- they're have, so worldly compared to how yeah. I felt in you know high school I had as a no teenager clue of anything at all. Yeah, I was so naive. Yeah. Are there any other topics you might tackle in the near future through your art? Probably. Uh, I really look forward to getting older. Uh, I had, as I said in my new book, I touched on the subject a little bit, but I really look forward to getting old for real, really old. And I want to, I really want to draw about that. I think I, we actually, the people who made the women only draw cartoons about menstruation actually talked about making a, a menopause book as well. Cool. But we have to wait a couple of years. <laughs> but then I think that is a subject that has to be talked about more. Yeah. Because that is really a subject that has been taboo. I agree. And probably is a little bit still. Sure. I uh, For the first issue of um, the I Hope You Like Feminist Rants zine, mm-hmm. um, a writer called um, Shelley Harris from the UK wrote about menopause for us and she wrote she about did. becoming invisible. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and I hear people talking about that and I think that uh, the feeling of invisibility can be, well, it sounds a little bit it, nice Yeah, too. it was, her article was really good. <laughs> She's such a great orator and she... Um, spoke about, um, you know, the dark side of it, the fact that men stopped looking at her on the street and, um, you know, she never had people 
ever say really that she looked pretty or anything like this. And she felt like, oh, that's really annoying that I've lost that now. Yeah. And then she turned it around in her head and thought, but in a way, it's a superpower. Yes. And I have a sneaking suspicion that old ladies everywhere are having such a good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the thing I've been writing about in my book. Cool. You've been listening to Speaking of Stories with me, Elin Lukasi. And me, Abigail Tartellen. That was all from this episode. Listen to all of our author meetings on iTunes or Acast.